Welcome to Beta Project. Broadcasting from the nation's capital. Hello and welcome to the Beta Project, a podcast bringing you unsolicited life advice, occasional self-deprecating humor, and a healthy dose of book babble. I'm Brielle, the off-road one. And I'm Christine, the Moira one. This will make more sense once we get into it. Today we're talking about The Handmaid's Tale by Margaret Atwood. Sounds good. Right. Well, let's let's do guess the quote first. Okay. So yeah. for this month's guess the quote, we're going to do one full point for the person and zero for the context. Does that work? Yeah. Context like context does not matter. Why? Yeah, do you want to explain me? to everyone why context doesn't matter? <laughs> yes. Because I can't remember the context of my quote, even though I read this book yesterday. Okay. Can we okay, move so on? Th- yeah, let's move on. So the scoreboard from last week, um, or sorry, last month, is 0.5 for each of us. So we're tied right now. 0.5? Okay. 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 Yeah. Okay, my quote is, rest break once an hour. You know the rules. Okay, so I also don't know where this quote comes from. But I'm gonna guess Aunt Lydia because it sounds like something she would say. Here, let me double check. Oh my I goodness! Just are you checked, serious? But now I forgot. Hey, I read this book way too long ago. Okay. Okay, but you just checked. I think you deserve a point five because it's not Aunt Lydia, but it is an aunt. Yes. But the aunt is unnamed because this is the aunt who's guarding the door in the women's washroom at the oh like that, yeah. that sex place i don't remember the name the brothel yeah basically they the call it they call it the club is it the, a brothel though i thought it was just like a strip club or not even a strip club like a just a club it is a brothel and you know how i found out <laughs> i didn't realize that's what it how? was until after I finished reading this, and then I started, I googled the book to read up a bit about the background, and that's how I found out. Yeah, do you remember, like, after they went to, quote, the club, unquote, the commander, is he even called the commander? Like, the commander and Offred went to, like, a bed? Was that bed within the club? From what I understood of the description. Okay, my quote is, you can't make an omelette without breaking eggs. Um, I think this was said by the commander. No! Because it's like, because he was like, well, like, to construct the perfect society we're envisioning. Ho, ho, ho. This is not fair. How is it not fair? Finally, the roles have reversed, and I have read the book when I was supposed to read the book <laughs> instead of three weeks early. You're not supposed to win. <laughs> I mean, there's always next week. General notes about this book. This is something really interesting that I found out after I read the book. When you were reading this book, did it remind you of another book that you have read previously? 1984? (laughs) Yeah! Oh, well I guess it's the same kind of genre? Yeah, it is the same genre, but I feel like the vibe that I got from the book was really similar, and it really- it actually- Like evil? What? Like, evil? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. (laughs) Like, while I was reading the book, I just, I kind of, like, felt, I was very much reminded of 1984. 
And mm-hmm. it turns out that Margaret Atwood actually used 1984 as inspiration for this book. So that's kind of oh, cool. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. And funny story, she wrote this in 1984. So. Ooh. Uh, ha, ha, ha. Trippin'. Yeah. <laughs> Other general notes. I like their writing. It was very... I felt like it kind of switched back and forth between prose and, like, almost poetry. But, like we mentioned earlier, it was a lot harder to follow than most books I found. Like, it wasn't necessarily a hard read, but I think there was a lot of things that... There were a lot of things that were... That were implied? That you had to infer? Yeah, that were... That you had to infer... And if you kind of, like, skim through it, you would have missed a lot of details, which is probably Mm, what I did. Yeah, I think it's one of those books that would be, like, a good second read. Yeah, I agree. And also the fact that she used so much terminology that's, like, words that she made up for that setting and that plot, it kind of pissed me off a lot. Because, like, all all the stuff, like, you don't know what a handmaid is when you first start the book oh and you don't know what like an unbaby is or whatever yeah so so, and like what are the eyes you kind of like you learn as you go along but I remember getting to like 75% of the book and coming across a word that I didn't understand and I was like really at this point (laughs) did, did you really need to do that but I feel like she at least like the new words that she made up she made them like very simple like handmade Unbaby. So you're like, I sh- feel like I almost should know what it means. <laughs> it's really funny because I'm looking at, like, we, we made, like, these marks on on the summary of the book, basically. And I'm looking at my notes and I'm looking at Christine's notes. And hers are all, like, very deep and, like, oh, like, <laughs> the prose of this, the prose of this uh, book was so poetic. And, and my comment is, so the commander's name is Fred? LOL. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but, but, since I already mentioned it, let's talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> These are the things that I found interesting. So did you, I didn't notice until after I had finished the book and I was reading, like, analysis, that mm-hmm. all of the commander's names were of something. No, Did, all of the handmaids' names were of something. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. All the handmaids. Yeah. All the handmaids' names were of, and then the commander's name. Oh my gosh, that blew my mind. Did they mention that anywhere? That that's how it worked, or were we just supposed I, to know that? I don't that? think so. I don't think so. But because I I noticed the of whatever, and then the yeah. second part changed. I kind of assumed that that's what it was. Oh, cause, because because yeah, it's like it's like of really whoever. Weird. Yeah, I was like, right? who names someone off Glenn? Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. But yeah, so like the co- so the commander, the the commander that's only mentioned by the name commander mm-hmm. throughout the whole book. His name is Fred. Like that name is too normal for me to yeah, associate yeah. with someone like that. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe is do you think that is a thing that the author did on purpose? Ooh, uh, what? Like made his name Fred because when you hear Fred, it's very it sounds almost like childish or frail i i guess his full name is frederick and i can imagine like a commander frederick Mm -hmm. it's just but if her if her handmaiden name is alfred then that means the guy is fred but i don't know anyway um what i was going to say about this though is that it's really interesting and i 
totally, this is not a reference to something else that I watched. I came up with this by myself. <laughs> Her name is of Fred, and it sounds like Offered. Get it? Because she's, like, Offered. Offered. Wait, but layers then, okay. Oh, okay, true. And then they never mention, they never mention Janine's, like, of name. Like, throughout the whole book, she's just Janine. I don't, I don't know what that means, but weird. Me neither. Whoever's okay. listening, email us and tell us what it means, because <laughs> we can't figure it out. Yeah. I didn't realize this until after either, but when Offred, okay, do you know Offred's real name? She never said, right? No, she never says never it, said. and I think that's another thing that was done on purpose. Um, also, please let me know what it means when you figure it out. <laughs> so, Offred and Luke, they take their daughter, like, uh, before the book, they yes. take their daughter and attempt to flee. Did you know that they were fleeing to Canada, or they were trying to flee to Canada? Yeah, I think it mentions at one point. I feel like in these books, Canada is always, like... Like the land of the free. <laughs> yeah, it's always, like, the escape route. Very, like, underground railroad. Is, is that a, like, historical thing? The underground railroad? I don't know, the, like, people fleeing to Canada? Well, I think it was supposed to parallel, like, the slave trade, right? Oh, like is, how... is that what happened? I'm sorry. Um, I don't. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't really either. But yeah, the underground. So like, back during, I guess, like around the American Civil War period, the South was full of slaves, right? And then the mm-hmm. North, um, like wanted oh, to free yeah, the slaves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so then, true. like, there was an underground railroad, um, uh, from the South, like, eventually leading to Canada because in Canada there were no slaves. Okay. Yeah. Um, I hope I'm not getting something terribly wrong in this description. <laughs> Please email us if I am. <laughs> just, please, we just want somebody to email us because we're sad <laughs> and lonely, so. I was actually going to comment on this later. In the very last um, chapter, the Professor Pyexiodo? Pyexiodo? I don't know how you pronounce his name. He makes a comment about the underground frail road, and so... It was definitely a reference to the Underground Railroad, I think. To be honest, when I, when I read this book and I got to that epilogue, I was like, oh, this is just some author's notes about the historical context. I don't really <laughs> care about the historical context. And then later I was like, oh, this is part of the book. Yeah, so I actually, I thought that too. So I finished it and then I started reading up about it online and then I realized that it was an actual chapter. So then I went back and reread it. Oh, see, that's the difference between us. I did not go back and reread it. Hey, I'm trying to do my job properly, so um, if you could take this podcast as seriously as I do, that would be nice. I mean, Thanks. who is winning that guess the quote game? <laughs> that was a mic drop. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, and the the other thing I didn't realize that wall i think it's just called the wall where they hang all the people there that's outside of harvard university it sounds like harvard university no it was outside of harvard university oh it actually was yeah like the the wall is outside what used to be harvard university did it say in the book because i definitely missed that yeah i definitely missed that too but according to online analysis that's where it was that's that's a little bit morbid creepy like now that again like i'm like what does that mean does that mean like destruction of knowledge i guess because it's 
Harvard is the oh, place where, yeah. like, higher education happens, right? And they strip yeah, and they're not allowed women books. or any minority of knowledge. So maybe it, like, emphasizes the contrast. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I also um, wanted to bring up that quote that you said. The, you can't make an oh omelet without breaking eggs. You had this in your notes and I chose it as the quote? I know. <sighs> Obviously, you don't read my notes. Anyways. No, I, I, d- I don't read your notes. <laughs> <laughs> so... Does that even count as a win, then? Does that even count? Of course. Okay. I'm just giving so, you a false sense of security so that I can beat you in the next okay. two months. All yeah. right. Well, we'll see about that. Basically, after Off Off Red starts, like, meeting the commander during at night, mm-hmm. and they're, like, having all these conversations, she, she basically asks him, like, why everything happening that's mm-hmm. happening. And yeah. he's like, you can't make an omelet without breaking eggs. I'm just, like, thinking about it. What is their end goal? Like, even right now, like, like right now, obviously, the handmaids aren't happy, right? Mm-hmm. But they're saying, oh, eventually the handmaids will become happy because they'll never, known it. they'll never have known anything else. Yeah. But then the people who, like, shouldn't be oppressed, even at the current moment, should be the commanders and their wives, right? But even mm-hmm. they are not happy. So, like, I think that's why kind would of the, the commanders point. build... A society where they themselves are restricted. I think that's kind of the point of the book, though, right? Is that she's saying that if you have a government that tells the people what to do, like that controls people so much, no one's going to be happy, not even the people that they're claiming to help or to save. But see, like, right? Because isn't that the point of dystopian fiction is to say that, like, here's a set of values that some people believe. So what if we applied that to everyone? You think that it would be great, but it's not. Right. But even the people who believe it do not achieve their goals. Yeah, exactly. So pretty much it's just not a good scenario for anyone. But then, like, why do they keep doing it? I'm going to offend so many people again because I have no idea what I'm talking about. But, um, <laughs> like, say, like, communism, for example. How I interpret it is that the end goal is, like, this ultimate utopia where everyone is sharing everything and yeah. no one has need so even though you're going through a period of hardship when this system might not necessarily be working, you have the ultimate vision where this will work and I will be happy because I will not want for anything mm. and nobody else will want for anything. But here, I like, I don't, like, how can they even envision a future where they would be happy? Because already for the commanders and their wives, this is going to be their lives for, like, the rest of eternity. Like, right. not their lives, but the lives of their people. And they are not satisfied. So, this system, like, should be obvious to them that it doesn't work. So, like, it just, like, it doesn't make... Yeah, I don't know. I just don't understand how, in their society, like, they can still have, like, even any confidence to rent it. So, is the idea of this society that everyone is stripped of choices and free will? This dystopian mm-hmm. is saying, like, what if we just made everyone especially women and minorities, they just are, exist to serve a purpose. Instead of, you know, like you're born and then you're like, oh, I can choose any career path or whatever. It's just you're born. And if you're a female, then your job is to procreate. I'm not so sure. Is that the was argument, another one of... Yeah, yeah so it's the argument worry. that like, maybe we would be happier if we didn't have choices. But I don't... 
Like, I don't understand enough of the system to know the answer to that, I feel like. Because that was another one of my questions. Like, when, where is the distinction between a wife and a handmaid? Like, in the new society, how do you become a wife? I think a wife is just... Maybe, or or if you're married to a commander, that just makes you a wife. So if Offred married a commander, could she become a wife? I guess so, but because she is already a handmaiden... Or but because she's already ever, a handmaid. But how can you ever become a wife if you become a handmaid at, like, age 14, let's say? As soon as you become fertile, you become a handmaid. You, there's no, there's going to be no one who is able to become yeah, a wife, true. right? I, like, I was all the very, wives very... in the books are like, oh, they're they're super old. But they would have, like, that means they married their commanders, like, before the change. They were chosen to... I don't know. To be honest, I was really, really confused about this whole entire how society works in this book. That was one of the things that I didn't like so much about it because mm-hmm. I felt like it was really hard to understand. I feel like, yeah. Like, I feel I, like I just we felt needed like, more construction of the world. Yeah, and like after having read the whole book, I didn't have a clear image in my head of how it worked. Like there were still gaps in mm-hmm. how I viewed it. So I don't know, is, is that done on purpose? Because like... In the last chapter, we find out that everything in the story was just this, like, professor from long time after that found these tapes that the handmaid had that Offred recorded, right? So was that a thing where kind of the experience of the reader is, like, the experience of historians trying to figure out what happened? Ooh, I like that. Very analytical. Ugh, thank you. (laughs) <laughs> I did really yeah. well in high school English, so... <laughs> but also, I really love Moira, and I don't know how to pronounce her name. She she was, like, my favorite character in the book. And to see her in that brothel, uh, being like, oh, well, I guess this is life now, was so sad to me. Her spirits were finally crushed. She was, like, broken into the, the like, regime. I feel like it would have been better for Alfred to never have even seen her and still have that, like, glimmer of hope in yeah. her mind. So sad. This whole book. It, I think it just kept going downhill. The beginning started off badly, and then it just it just keeps going downhill. <laughs> badly as you mean, like, depressing? Yeah. And, okay, I was really confused about the part where she said that Nick betrayed her. Do you remember that? It was at the beginning of where she was talking about how she and Nick started sleeping together more. She said something, she was describing him and saying like how she was like falling for him and stuff. And then at one point she said something like, oh, I couldn't believe that somebody who was like this could betray me. Whoa, 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 whoa. So that means that at the end it was a betrayal, but then the I don't know, but I wasn't think, sure. I think the point is that it was not, it was ambiguous. Like the point of the book is that she left it ambiguous so that to like show that the ending doesn't really matter. Mm. Like that the ending isn't the point of the book. <laughs> but I was still really mad about the ambiguous ending because, ugh, pissed me off. Oh, I feel like ambiguous endings always do that. Yeah, They're like that's true. I get your point, but I don't like but, it. Yeah, this is not what I signed up for. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I. What do you think of Nick? Very confused, and I was. Also, you think Nick is very confused or you're very confused about No, I'm very, I'm very confused about Nick. And I, I wonder whether the fact that she started sleeping with him was a sign that she was starting to get more and more sucked into her 
like quote unquote new life. I think the fact that she started sleeping with him was like because that means um, she gave up on Luke, right? Because throughout the whole book, she kept saying like, "Oh, I hope Luke is still out there. I hope he's like working with the resistance, and I hope he's trying to get back to me and my daughter." But then she starts sleeping with Nick and talking about Nick as like her new lover. Yeah, so like I think mean... I see it kind of the same way, just in a more negative light. Like I see, like because it happened right after she left Jezebel's, right? She found out what happened to Myra. Mm-hmm. She sleeps with the commander again in like what's supposed to be a romantic setting, but is not. Um, yeah, and she like basically gives up on life. Yeah, like yeah. like she has no more hope. So she's like. Now, like, now that I have no more, like, all the higher level things in her life have just been, like, crushed. Right. So now she just succumbs to, like, her human nature, which is, I'm a human in need of love. Here is oh, a man who's willing to give me love. Or at oh, least, like, comfort. So gross. I just hate the whole book. <laughs> it made me so mad. Another thing I wanted to discuss were you surprised and did it change your view of the book when you found out at the end that the whole story was being told from the perspective of a guy who had found cassette tapes? Not not necessarily from the perspective of a man, but that it was a woman who had um, recorded these tapes and curated and presented from a male perspective. I didn't think of it that way. Because, I don't know, like, tapes are pretty descriptive. So, like, I feel like what I saw in the descriptions should have still been her descriptions. Yeah, but the he way just pieced that, them together. But the way that he presented them could have been, or must have been, from a very different perspective than from her own. Because so one of the parts where he talked about like how they found the tapes and stuff, um, he said he had a criticism of how she recorded the tapes and said something like, "If she had thought to write it." in the style more of a spy or whatever, then we could have gotten more valuable information. But that wasn't the point of the movie, or the book, right? Mm -hmm. The point of Mm -hmm. the book was that she's talking about her experience, not trying to, like, figure out this regime and trying to, like, figure out how they, like, accomplished it and how whoever took over enforced these laws, right? You're right. I didn't think of it that way. And I feel like... The fact that he presents it like that at the end just makes me picture her, like, it just makes her even more isolated. Yeah, like yeah, even that's true. Even someone who was able to delve into her innermost thoughts has no, like, like, has no sympathy for her other than the fact that, oh, I wish like, you'd given us she... more information. Yeah, so I don't know, I feel like... The ending was bad enough, and then reading that part after the ending was just, like, soul-crushing. Yeah, it was, like, like twisting, even several hundred years later, they still didn't get it, and they were still kind of minimizing women's experiences and whatnot. So. I mean, I'm sure that happens a lot in... History? Or, like, I, I just imagine, like, I don't know, if you're an archaeologist... And you're like digging up stuff. You don't necessarily always consider, I don't know, the personal lives of. Oh, it's true. The yeah, stories yeah. that you're unearthing. Like, like you should, but a lot of the times you don't. Yeah. Yeah, and I think even just like the way that his speech was written, it showed a lot about how they hadn't, like, they had progressed beyond the totalitarian thing, but they were still a very patriarchal society. Okay, last question. What do you think the moral of the story is? 
Oh my gosh. Because I'm so freaking mad about it, and I want there to be a moral to justify the fact that it was a very uncomfortable read, and I hated the ending. I think I think what I got from it is that when men try to tell women how they should be and how they should feel and what their goal in life should be, everyone is unhappy. Do you think there was a suggestion that men... Are all animals and evil and terrible pupil. Well, not in <laughs> those words, but like that men men secretly want to oppress women or secretly wouldn't mind if women were oppressed. Because remember that scene where she first got her salary taken away? Uh, first got her job taken away? Oh, yeah. And, and, and Luke then, like, was like, oh, that's fine. I'll always take care of you or whatever. Yeah, like... Everything that I ha- you have is mine now. Don't worry about it. I-, I feel like even though Luke was technically supposed to be the good guy there, he was mm-hmm. still, like, he was still fine with her not having any power. Like, maybe it was a suggestion that women got their rights by them, them fighting for it, but men are not going to fight for women's rights. Yeah, well, that's a sad ending. I mean, yeah. Like, I don't know. If no women fought for their rights, do you think men would step up and fight for them? Of course not. Benedict Cumberbatch did... This week, or last week, he said that- What do you mean? It was in the news. He said that if a male co-star and a female co-star, like if the female was being paid less, the male co-star should speak up and ask about what the female is being paid. And if she's being paid less, then the male co-star should not take the job. I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch is a a (laughs) unique strain, I guess. Maybe Atwood never never knew about him when she wrote the book. (laughs) Yeah, according to Atwood anyway. Alright, so what do you think... What would you rate this book? Let me go to my Goodreads to see what I did rate it. I think I rated it a 2. I was not satisfied. Like, I don't rate books based on literary merit or anything. Okay. Just so everyone knows. Like, I'm sure... Like, like, I trust that this book has a lot of literary merit. Personally, as a reader, it it wasn't what I was looking for and I wasn't satisfied with it. Oh, no, I gave it a 3. I gave it a 3. What did you give it? Um, I haven't thought about it yet, but... I think based on how much I enjoyed it, I would give it a two. But based on its literary merit, I would probably give it a four. So maybe a three. And then let's like see I really hated average. this book, and I was so mad. You have to guess oh. first. Did oh, you already, look already at it? saw it. Yeah. And for the third <laughs> week in a row. What did you look? No. Okay. Guess. Wait, wait, wait. So if I guess within. 0.1. Can I get half a mark back? <laughs> okay, sure. I'm gonna say... <laughs> but, wait, guess within 0.1? Okay. No, can okay, I... Go. Wait, can we change that to 0.5? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like 0.1 is really hard. Okay, yeah, let's do okay. 0.5. 0.5, okay. I'm going to say 4.2. Am I right? It's 4.08, so you're within the, your 0.5. Okay, so we'll go into next week time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we, so... We still have to have a discussion about what we win, by the way. When Crazy Rich Asians comes out, whoever is in the lead has to pay for the other person's movie ticket. Wait, whoever's in the lead has to pay? Oh, wait, sorry. Whoever's, <laughs> <Do you> mean... <laughs> whoever's <laughs> losing? Whoever's losing, yeah. Okay. Um, so our next book is going to be The Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue by Mackenzie Lee. 
Thank you to Felicia Au for a theme song. Go check out her band Gold with an E on Facebook at Gold Music Official. You can find us on Twitter at Beta Project Pod. These episodes can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, and wherever you listen to podcasts. You can email us at betaprojectpodcast at gmail.com to send us recommendations for the next book or just to send some good literary thoughts.